This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. We communicated with the Big Ten throughout this whole process, and that, that was an important part of it. Uh, it's going to be hard, you know, as we continue to schedule these games. It's good that we have, I believe, the next four scheduled now, Michigan State, um, Minnesota, come back for Wisconsin and at Penn State, and all those game times now have have, um, uh, you know, we're all set with those. You know, after that, we have a tentative schedule after talking to the Big Ten, but nothing set in stone right now. Uh, but as far as, as talking about shutting down, no, that never came up. You know, the good thing now with it having gone through our entire team, I think we only have one or two now that haven't had it. Uh, we should be able to play all the way through the end of the season, you know, obviously barring a shutdown by our opponent. But, uh, you know, again, when you look back at it, uh, you know, those teams that this thing hit in the offseason, which was the majority of them, you know, they're going through this thing without a hitch right now. But unfortunately, it hit us, you know, at a tough time, a bad time. But, you know, our guys are excited to get back on the floor and compete. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. That's right. We'll finally get to see Nebraska basketball play a game on Saturday against Michigan State. Um, coincidentally, that was one of Nebraska's last games they played. They played Indiana on January 2nd, and they'll get um, round two of the Spartans on January 2nd. Uh, the round one was January 2nd, so uh, bringing in Robin Washett. Robin, what do you make of this last month, and, and kind of what is your expectation now moving forward as they start to try to puzzle a schedule together? Yeah, I mean, it was as big of a disaster as we've seen really <laughs> nationally. I mean, there's a handful of teams that have had, uh, you know, relatively equal uh, layoffs and pauses. I mean, Oregon's paused twice already. You know, Villanova went uh, several weeks. Penn State missed four straight games. But uh, for an entire team, topped about 15 of their 30 Tier 1 personnel tested positive in a span of two weeks. And so, I mean, just the way that it just ravaged their entire program in such a short amount of time. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's many other teams that have were hit the way Nebraska was hit. And, you know, like Fred mentioned in the open, it couldn't have come at a, a much worse time because it just so happened that the last game they played against Indiana, you know, that, that stretch where they erased an 18-point deficit was as good of a, as they've played all season long. And they just got Derek Walker back for the first time all season. Things were finally starting to, to look good. And then, of course, <laughs> from there on, they take a 28-day break, including uh, you know three straight weeks of total team-paused activities uh, to where they're finally able to get back to practice this week. So it's a major setback in a lot of different ways. Physically, I mean, these guys, at least all of them uh, that tested positive, had to take 10 full days off in isolation, didn't do anything. The most they could do was, like, body weight workouts in their hotel room uh, while they were in quarantine and um, and then whatever lingering effects they may be ex experiencing because of the virus. I mean, that's nobody knows how, how much of an issue that's going to be. And then just getting back into form, you know, there's going to be a lot of rust to knock off, knock off out of the gates. And uh, these next few games back uh, starting on Saturday are probably going to be uh, more rough, uh, more rough than not. Yeah. Looking at how they've at least pieced together the first four games returning, they're just going to play a game every three days. And, and that, to me, is probably how they try to get all these games made up. It's going to be game, travel, game, or whatever the travel yeah. is going to be. And you can get 
instead of two games in seven days, they're going to play three games in seven days. Well, you probably see more than that, too, because uh, I think there's a really good likelihood of some back-to-back games being played. where Different opponents or same opponent? Same opponent. In uh, one location. So five of Nebraska's six postponed games were against double-play opponents. And so in theory, uh, you know, Nebraska, one of the games was Penn State. When they go to Penn State, to stay out there. they could play back-to-back. I mean, it's just a matter of kind of – uh, what other schedules look like, and just you know, you also got to look into the just the well-being of the team playing that that many games. But I, I know that Fred's mentioned that as a, a real possibility uh, to try and even further expedite um, getting 15 games in a span of 31, 32 days before the Big Ten tournament. And they will not be moving that conference tournament. That is uh, steadfast playing uh, starting on March 10th, and so March 9th is the very last day that you can play a regular season game and. You know, Nebraska's obviously getting back to work, but you see other schools. Michigan's already postponed a handful of games uh, with, with their situation. And, uh, I mean, to, to think that 14 teams are going to try to get through, uh, you know, it's beyond just what Nebraska does, but all their opponents as well. It would not surprise me one bit if some of these games don't get canceled outright when all said and done. Yeah, and, and we saw it with volleyball this weekend. Uh, Northwestern popped a positive in Lincoln on Friday in the afternoon before the match on Friday night. Canceled the whole weekend series, one uh-huh. positive test. So um, it, it's it's interesting just the different protocols, Robin, for sports because one positive test in football, you know, William Pristip, the punter, we assume he was a positive test because – um, he didn't travel to Rutgers after punting the week before, I believe, or whenever it was for Nebraska. And they still played. So, you know, just the, just the way it is with other sports where you get one and you shut her down, um, it just seems like the rule book or how it's done for basketball or volleyball is different than what football maybe did earlier this year. Yeah, and I know there's, um, you know, obviously there's just a smaller schedule, less breaks in between. And the players are around each other more in basketball. Exactly. And so, I mean, you're, you're constantly around one group of guys where, you know, with football, you isolate a little bit more by position, by side of the ball, uh, that sort of stuff. Uh, with these guys, I mean, they're on the court, you know, <laughs> full contact uh, with each other in the locker room. They're in the players' lounge. They're in the film room. They're going to class. They're living with each other. Uh, and so, I mean, that's how this thing was able to spread as quickly as it was. And, you know, the question that I have going back to the schedule is, you know, not only are they going to try to jam-pack these games in, um, but, like, at what extent are they going to force the issue to have these games played you know, you look at the ACC right now, Boston College earlier this week had to play a game with four scholarship players because they had an outbreak and the ACC was insisting that that game be played. And was the Big Ten going to do the same thing to where, you know, if <laughs> if you can at least fill, field five players scholarship or walk on, are you going to be forced to play those games? Or is Nebraska be, would be. Or is it going to be more up to the discretion of the program? And um, you know, I know Fred said there was never a discussion about shutting down the season, you know, when they were going through their outbreak. But, you know, you got to really wonder just what price is the league going to be willing to play or pay to play these remaining games uh, just to get them all to in? To get 11 bids, essentially. Yeah, essentially. I mean, and especially when it comes down to Ten or like Nebraska. I mean, uh, how much of a voice are they going to have to say uh, as far as whether they play or not? You will take your <laughs> – you will take your loss, Nebraska. Kiss the ring. But, they, you know, and – it's interesting, like Coach Ashevsky from Duke, if they don't make the tournament, which they're probably not right now, you know, it's just going to, you know, there's so many different voices of, of this basketball season and what it means when Duke yeah. and North Carolina and Kentucky are having really bad seasons and Kansas is kind of falling back where older, 
more traditional college built roster teams are having the better seasons. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, just the kind of disruption of preparation that we had this off season with, you know, a lot of guys not being able to get to campus and uh, all the other hurdles they have to go through. It takes a lot of discipline and it takes a lot of focus that naturally comes with older veteran teams which is you know why the the gonzagas and old iowa teams you know, and iowa, old wisconsin, wisconsin teams you know senior heavy teams are able to handle this thing a lot better than a bunch of freshmen that are doing this for the first time one and dunners exactly that you know would rather be done than what, yeah what's funny is like you know you hear coach k come out and talk about like we shouldn't even be playing this season it's, yeah because your team sucks i mean if you were undefeated right now if you were gonzaga you would be saying we did the right thing this is you know full steam ahead let's go so it's it's all in the eye of the eye of the beholder they only have two quality wins right now i believe duke i mean as far as like what, what would be even considered resume wins and they're not even like great resume wins and they canceled all of their guarantee wins yep. around christmas yeah i mean it just goes to show that you know the one we can see a whole other segment the one and done uh gamble is a uh, very double-edged it's sword not, it's not covid proof yeah i mean especially if you don't hit on the right guys if you're not getting the lottery picks that are no-brainers and you have to win with guys that you know, High school aren't kids. at that level you know then then you uh, you realize the price you're paying by going that route where then iowa is the complete opposite they have a bunch of like 20 I mean, what was the stat like iowa and wisconsin have like older rosters and some nba teams yeah, right now the, the bulls i know the wisconsin starting five is older than the bulls by average so <laughs> so and that's why they're good i mean that's why they're as, as playing as well as they are and you know gonzaga's the same way that you know they have some talented freshmen but they're a veteran team that you know knows what to do and that in a season like this more than ever that is as valuable as anything well robin we're gonna have a lot of basketball to talk to you about yes, next we week as nebraska basketball play a game every three days starting saturday so we know their first four games back and then it's going to be kind of a flex schedule where um, we'll see where they go they did get picked up for espn2 by, by the way robin that's that's like one of the rare times nebraska cracks into a non-BTN game. Yeah, and I think that's a, what, a 4 o'clock tip or something? Four, the 4 o'clock game. <laughs> and the Thursday, Thursday 4 o'clock tip. So, yeah, prime prime window right there for your national broadcast. It's very dad-friendly. So you, you can oh, I love it. be I mean, home. and If they could play all their games in like the early afternoon, that'd be fantastic. All right, when we come back, we'll close the show uh, with some more recruiting thoughts from Nate Klaus. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.